Hello, everybody. It's us again with What's Your Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, I'm your, one of your hosts again, of course, MJ. We have Scott. Hey, how's it going, everybody? And, of course, Steven. What's going on, guys? So uh, the first thing we want to start off with is, uh, you know, a little get to know us because we, we want you, the listener, to get to know us. Uh, well, our first icebreaker is going to be our favorite fantasy player of all time. And I'm going to start out with my boy, Matt Forte, because Chicago is my favorite team. Um, and specifically 2014, Matt Forte, when I won my first championship. Um, and man, a beast, a thousand yards rushing, 808 yards receiving and 102 receptions. He carried me to that final. He carried me through that final. Um, Scott, or sorry, Steven, actually. We'll start with you, Steven. Who you got? I got my guy, OBJ, Odell Beckham Jr., uh, specifically uh, the 26th season. He uh, helped bring my team to a championship. Uh, this was OBJ's third season. He obviously popped off, I think, near the end of his first season when he caught that crazy catch on Sunday Night Football against the Cowboys, brought him into the limelight. And yeah, two years later, he, uh, I think, kind of hit his stride and uh, was a consistent player for my team. And he's he just, I think, I think just as much as him helping my fantasy team win, he's just so fun to watch, or he was so fun to watch at oh, least. Yeah. And uh, I think that's, that's kind of why he he's my favorite scott is uh every time you hear obj do you just think of that catch against your boys i i was gonna say man steven steven brought up some uh feelings <laughs> there man i i still remember that catch as if it was yesterday man it was beautiful catch but he had to do my boys dirty man uh so my uh my favorite fantasy player of all time is pat mahomes circa 2018 uh he took me to my first fantasy football championship. Um, he actually went undrafted in our 10-team league that we're all in. And insane. I, insane, right? He had a crazy week one, and I was like, why not? Let me go ahead and burn my my top waiver priority. And and I did, and it was the, uh, the best waiver pickup I've ever had. And I've had some pretty good ones. But uh, Pat Mahomes, 2018, favorite fantasy player of all time. Oh man! All right, we we love to hear these players. Uh, if you guys have a favorite fantasy player, uh, hit up one of us. Let us know what it is. Let him know. Let us know who, what he did, and how exhilarated you feel after carrying the W. Or if you uh, hate our choices, let us know as well. <laughs> we would love to hear the uh, the smack talk and the reasons why we're wrong. Absolutely. Yeah, so if somebody wants a hit on Pat Mahomes, go ahead. I think you're gonna be in a, a minority there. Um, so great, you guys. Uh, our next section we're going to move on to is the news. And I think the biggest news that has just dropped over this weekend uh, was specifically about uh, the Las Vegas Raiders and Tom Brady and Gronkowski, right? So apparently there was a deal that was about to go down that was sending Tom Brady and Gronkowski in 2020 to the Las vegas raiders um but of course they went to the tampa bay buccaneers and went and did it um so guys uh, what are your thoughts on that i mean it, 
You think Brady would have taken it all the way in Las I, Vegas? I just think that so much about this, the, the timing and how it went down to, to me, the craziest part was just the fact that Dana White was part of the, like in the decision process for the Raiders. And he was, I guess, almost integral in, in bringing them to the, to the Raiders. And, and then for them to, to bring it up on USC fight night, it just, just everything about it was, was crazy to me. I mm-hmm. don't think that going to the Raiders would have been the right decision for them. I think uh, we've seen John Gruden, obviously, you know, coincidentally, he won a championship with the Bucks uh, way back in the day, uh, early 2000s. But mm. I think that he, he and Brady, I don't think would have necessarily seen eye to eye. I don't think Brady would have had the freedom that he does in Tampa Bay. I yeah, he calls don't think that the they have the, yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. I don't think that he has the the players around or would not have had the players around him uh, with, with the Raiders that he does in Bucks. Think about Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, you know, there's, you know, there's, I mean, Cameron Brake, decent tight end, but um, I just don't think the surrounding pieces in, in, in Vegas would have been, uh, would have been the right choice for them. Scott, what do you think? Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think Brady would have taken the Raiders to Super Bowl um, had he ended up there. I, I think, the timing and the placement was right to go to the Bucks. Um, I do find it kind of uh, a bit funny and ironic that it was between the Buccaneers and the Raiders. Like, did Tom Brady have some kind of childhood pirate fantasy? He just he wanted to be on some pirate ship, or I mean, who knows what? He ended Probably up with the Bucks, so maybe. Yeah, d- yeah, didn't we all as a child? <laughs> I, I guess, but that's it's just funny to me that it was between the Raiders and the Bucks. All right, great. Well. I mean, who knows? Who knows, right? Um, we're going to go ahead and segue. Into, wait, wait, one oh. sec, just to just to before before we leave that topic, I, I, I did just want to to mention the hilarious rumor that uh, that I guess came along at the similar time with with Brady missing, you know, preseason for the past couple of weeks. Oh, very true. Um, just on on the on the topic of Brady, you know, there was this crazy rumor spread throughout the world that he was competing on the mass singer and that's the reason why he was missing part of training camp and i just want to give a shout out to whoever made up that rumor because i mean it spread like fire it's hilarious it's not completely out of the question but i I think we all know that probably not something that brady would ever do there's a, a certain tier of people who not that you can be too good to be on the mass singer, but if you can, I think your Brady's of the world uh, fall into that category. And I, uh, I don't think he would have he would have done that. But anyways, just wanted to to give a shout out to that hilarious rumor. Yes, he he was, I believe, in the Bahamas, or he was in some tropical island. Family time. That's why family right. time. Yes. <laughs> um, so next is going to be one of our. Uh, awesome segments featuring primarily a boy scott it's called scott takes um and him and uh he's gonna drop some well some scott takes scott you got it yeah so scott takes uh it's not gonna be a segment that we do every single podcast but it'll be one of many that we choose from to do um and we have a few that 
we either pull from one of our names or from one of our uh, nicknames or call signs. Uh, and that's kind of how we chose some of these names. But Scott takes like hot takes. These are um, basically things that I think could could come to fruition. And Steven is going to debate me on them because he typically thinks the opposite. Uh, so the first Scott take of the season is the running back to own in Seattle is Ken Walker the third, not Rashad Penny. And uh, I'll start with Ken Walker the third was a stud at Michigan State. If you have not seen highlights from the Michigan Michigan State game 2021, pause this podcast, get on YouTube, and go watch those highlights right now. Man was a beast, single handedly made the Wolverines look like a high school football team. Um, Rashad Penny has a long history of injuries. I can see him getting injured again this year. And Pete Carroll's already come out and said that he believes Ken Walker could be a three down workhorse. I am all in on Ken Walker in the Seattle backfield. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, speaking of injuries, I think Ken Walker may not be ready for week one uh, now that we're talking about players who uh, who get hurt. So, you know, I I can't uh, I can't disagree that Penny has had his run in with injuries and uh, I think that's prevented him from popping off like he's had the potential to and, and obviously you know, maybe not necessarily good enough to surpass Chris Carson uh, before before he took over the role last year. But to me, and, and and maybe this is not always the way to think, but I'm I'm gonna go with the guy that has experience, proven that he can be, uh, you know, three down running back, starting running back in the NFL. He went on a tear the end of last year, and you know, again, maybe that wasn't the case throughout the entire year, but that obviously leaves a lasting impression uh, to Pete Carroll, to the Seahawks, that he can be their guy. I, again, you know, agreed Ken Walker looked great in college, but the NFL is a different game. And I am going to default to the guy with, uh, like I said, the proven experience, um, maybe a little, little bias. I do have Rashad Penny on my dynasty team. And I obviously hope for the best, but uh, at the same time, again, I'm just going to, anytime there's a, there's a debate between a unproven rookie and a guy who's, like I said, delivered in the NFL, I'm going to take the guy who's delivered. And it's funny you bring up Dynasty, because my next question was going to ask, so you obviously disagree with me for this year. In a Dynasty League, would you change your opinion and rather have Ken Walker the third, or would you still roll with Rashad Penny? I think I unfortunately have to probably go back on my previous take and say for the long run, Ken Walker, um, even though I did kind of poke fun with the injuries, uh, obviously not actually poking fun at Ken Walker himself. Hope, wish him the best. Hope he gets well soon. But, um, you know, made that Snyder remark at the beginning of this. But I think, uh, you know, Rashad Penny has had a fair amount of injuries in a short amount of time and i I don't think he he, well i know he doesn't have a long-term contract with the seahawks so i think if ken walker comes out and you know pops off a few games i think he's going to take over the role hopefully 
you know, for my sake later in the season and sooner. But uh, but yeah, long term, I'm taking Walker. Hmm. I think I think that's fair. Um, and I would say this: uh, would be clear on this. I pretty much want to avoid the Seahawks in general in fantasy this year, just because of the quarterback play. I don't think it's going to be there, and I don't think there's going to be enough going around to. Mm-hmm produce more than maybe one fantasy relevant player if that and i think if any fantasy relevant players come out of seattle this year it's got to be dk metcalf because dude's just a beast uh but moving forward i definitely would want ken walker to the third in dynasty um and if i had to choose between the two this year I'm, i'm rolling with the rookie mj you got anything to add to any of that yeah great points everybody um one thing i want to quickly add to you scott is Seattle also has the 27th um, ranked offensive line this year. So uh, definitely a, a Kenneth Walker is one of those uh, dynasty ads. But, you know, one of those things uh, that's been really talked about recently uh, for, oh, goodness, wide receiver for the Chargers um, slot receiver. I can't Keenan, Allen. His name. Keenan Allen, my boy Keenan Allen. Um, he used to be a player who's always injured, right? Uh, I swear, w- back when he was initially getting to the league, he just had a shoulder injury, uh, s- some other, like, kept on piling up. And now he's considered an Iron Man, right? He doesn't get injured anymore. And Rashad Penny is known to be, I mean, he's the most injury prone player in the league right now. I mean, everyone expects Rashad to get injured, but what if he doesn't? What if he doesn't? So, I mean, you never know with fantasy football, right? I mean, he's already injured his, his groin in training camp. So, but, <laughs> but I mean, great points all around. Uh, I personally have Kenneth Walker the third on my team. So, <clears throat> on, on your yeah. dynasty team specifically. Yes, my dynasty but, team. But if you had to choose for redraft this year, which two, which of the two would you take? Rashad. Okay. Okay. For redraft, for redraft, I would I would rather take what I saw the last winning weeks of uh, right of the twenty twenty one season. Again, it's like it's the incumbent. He hasn't done anything to lose the job. Again, yes, their injuries are there, but um, you know, there nothing in training camp tells us that he's he's lost a pep in his step or is any less of a running back than he was at the end of twenty twenty one. So. Um, I think he could be great value again, especially, you know, talking in terms of, of drafting, you could maybe get him in the eighth, ninth round um, in some, in some drafts. And and again, if we're talking a potential number one running back, that could be great value again, you know, go, you know, going back to the point that Scott said with the Seahawks as an offense, you know, as a whole, they're not going to be great. So generally I am avoiding not great teams, uh, especially those that have the 32nd ranked quarterback in the NFL, but again, you know, you got to approach your draft in terms of good value, and Penny could uh, could deliver that value for you. Now, Scott, I do have to say, I, I have a very strong inkling that Kenneth Walker will be the back to own the last half of the season. I just he's that talented, I, and I, I see that. So it's one of it's one of those if if Penny can some like really just cement himself down as a primary back. I mean it's just what a wild ride right let's ride let's ride, let's ride. <laughs> let's ride. 
Wilson's not in Seattle anymore. He's he's riding with the Broncos. But yeah, he is. But I uh, he left a fiesta. I like that you brought up uh, specifically talking about the second half of the season because that brings me to my second Scott take of the evening, and that's James Cook will take over the Buffalo backfield by midseason. So mm. eighteen game season by. I guess we'll say week 10 after nine games, James Cook will be the guy in Buffalo. Uh, for those that didn't know, he went to Georgia, won the Natty with him last year. The Buffalo Bills went out and tried to trade for J.D. McKissick from the Washington Commanders, uh, which they were unable to do. They were intentionally trying to find a pass-catching back. When they weren't able to get McKissick, they spent a second-round pick on James Cook. Uh, there's been a ton of hype in training camp. James Cook is an excellent pass catcher, but he can also run the ball too. And with that offense being Josh Allen, the primary runner first, I don't see why they wouldn't want to just keep James Cook in there the entire time to give him an outlet. Steven obviously feels different. And so we'll see what he has to say about that. Yeah. I mean, honestly, a lot of, uh, for me, the same reasons as Rashad Penny, except that Devin Singletary's on the Buffalo Bills. So again, he's the incumbent. The end of last year, he he won people's fantasy championships. He he at least got people to the playoffs and delivered big at the end of 2021. Again, nothing in training camp has shown that he can't continue to be a number 1 running back in the NFL. Totally agree that James Cook is going to you know, play a role with the pass catching on, you know, whether they're, you know, trying to play from behind, um, which probably won't be often, often. Um, (laughs) but, uh, yeah, yeah. Again, I I agree. You know, they spent a second round pick on James Cook, so they're going to use him. But I, uh, again, I think it's, uh, Devin Singletary's job to lose. And, you know, if the, if the Buffalo bills are, continue to play like they did last year and are going to be leading games. I just don't see the uh, necessarily the opportunity for James Cook to come in and necessarily take over that role. So again, give me the guy who's proven, who's also young and uh, who can, you know, bring you another championship this year. So I'd like to throw one more point out there. Uh, If you didn't know, James Cook is the younger brother of, Dalvin Cook, and if you've been playing fantasy football for any of the past three years or so, you know who Dalvin Cook is. I mean, oh, yeah. the, dude, the dude has it in his veins. Like, James Cook could be an every down back. Uh, I believe it. Uh, I know he's not built as big as his brother, but I think he could get there with a with an NFL offseason or two. And... Um, I guess I'm also a little biased. I have James Cook on my dynasty team, and I'm hoping that he can come through this year right away. MJ, anything to add? Uh, listen, what a what an interesting Scott take, right? I mean, all I know is a okay, Devin Singletary had seven touchdowns in five games. And was averaging around like 60, 60 plus yards during that span. I mean, he was looking good 
to close out the season. And I mean, like Scott, like Steven said, I mean, he, he was winning championships for people. And I, I mean, that's what you look for. And I mean, that, that really makes me think too. It's like, if, if they really are ahead in games, wouldn't they naturally want to run the ball? Right. But that's, I mean, that's for. such a, such a interesting, I mean, con, I mean, they're not going to want to, uh, you, you got to think about it. eventually they're going to, you know, pull the reins back on Allen. He's, he's got to stay healthy and obviously he's, you know, he's still going to be, you know, taking balls into the end zone rushing, but they're, they're not going to just be pulling out quarterback sneaks left and right. If they're uh, up by 20 points, they're definitely, they're going to run that ball and kill the clock and, Singletary is going to come in to take the take the rock. Yeah, and one of the things I was worried about with uh, James is was his running in between the tackles. But I, I was watching their game against Buffalo, um, and he looked exceptionally good wherever he was on the field. I mean, it was looking, it was like I don't know, it looked like a a, a lankier, uh, faster Dalvin Cook out there. It, it was insane. So I mean. Uh, these are both great takes, and I mean, we have a whole fantasy season to find out what happens, right? Yeah. Get your popcorn. I mean, I'm excited for it. The second of two Scott takes I had for today. So uh, we are going to move into another segment that we'll occasionally throw into the show, uh, which we just simply call Fantasy 101. Um, I took a couple of days uh, two weeks ago and wrote my first fantasy football article it ended up being 17 and a half pages and i basically came up with 101 rules of fantasy football a lot of do's and don'ts um a lot of things that are constant no matter what year it is and then some some rules that are specific to this year and so i'm just going to share some now and uh steven and mj will throw their inputs in uh as as they see fit uh and so i'm just gonna get right into it uh we're gonna start right from the top because these ones apply more so to the draft. And uh, since a lot of you are drafting or uh, should be drafting pretty soon, uh, these are more relevant now. So rule number one is know and understand your league settings. Every platform, no matter which one you play on, Yahoo, ESPN, Sleeper, etc., there's a place where you can go and look up your league-specific settings. If you don't know what those are, figure it out. Make sure you know what they are. Uh, ask your commissioner if you're unsure. It's extremely important that you know what your league settings are because no two leagues are necessarily the same. Uh, there is definitely a default set of rules you can play, but make sure that you are playing those if, if your commissioner says the rules are the default. Uh, so going along with that, rule number two is do the research. So after you figure out what your league settings are, go out there and do the research. I cannot stress that enough. Do the research. Read as many articles as you can, look at as many ranking lists as possible, uh, and track the updates as the season gets closer. That's a big one. So if you're looking at rankings at the end of July, they're going to be different at the end of August. So make sure you update those. Listen to as many podcasts as you can. If you're here listening to us now, you're, you're doing that. You're doing the research. Uh, and then formulate your own consensus rankings and feelings about each and every player. Highlight the guys you want on your team. Highlight the guys you don't want on your team. Um, yeah, can't stress that enough. Do the research. Yeah. Just the one, I guess one thing to add there, uh, agreed that, 
you know, research is extremely important. Obviously, there's an element of luck to fantasy football, but I think that experience and, again, if you're in a competitive league, you can't get by just by, you know, doing the bare minimum, not paying attention to your lineup. So with that kind of, you know, again, it's, it's pretty easy to find out about, you know, major headlines without doing you know, deep diving into research, like you're going to know about Deshaun Watson. If you follow sports, uh, you're going to know about major injuries. So you may know like Chris Godwin, um, who, again, he may be coming back week one. But so, uh, again, all that to say that the, the research that you do is more so to find out those insights, like who is the backup for this team who could be overtaking the incumbent to be the starting running back? Again, like a, a Rashad Penny, Kenneth Walker situation is is great to know you know, again, someone who's who's not doing their research may just assume that Penny has the role with no competition. Um, but again, going back to what Scott said earlier, Pete Carroll specifically said that he could see Ken Walker being a, a three down back. So there's a there's a chance that that there's competition there. Um, but anyway, just just like the, I think like the depth chart is something that I think about just just knowing who is there, who the key players are your wide receiver threes that become wide receiver twos. Um, that's the kind of research that, that really helps and could give you the advantage in your league. Cool. Uh, so yeah, moving on to rule number three, mock draft like crazy. Mock draft using your league settings. So rule one, know your league settings, mock draft using those settings. Uh, and if you can mock draft from your actual draft position. So if, you have a league where you do some kind of determination of your draft order prior to prior to the actual draft day, and you know what that draft position is, mock draft from that position and do it as many times as you can. Try as many different possibilities as you can. Try going running back first. Try going wide receiver first. Uh, try drafting a tight end early. Try drafting a quarterback early. And see how your team you know, unfolds how, and, and what you like best. And... Um, yeah, I think the the more you mock draft, the better the better you prepare yourself for the actual draft. And uh, remember that no one mock draft is going to be identical to how draft day actually goes. Um, but just do it as early and often as possible, and and try and come up with an ideal team from your draft position. Um, going along with that, the more you mock draft, the easier it is for you to rule number four build a plan so showing up to your draft without a plan i like this analogy i I wrote this is like arriving early to a move-in party in college with a ton of beer before the host parents have left shout out 603 because that happened uh when you mock draft a lot you get a sense of what players are going to be available when it's your turn uh, and that helps you come up with a plan so say you tried the running back strategy first and you ended up with two really good running backs some good wide receivers you got a quarterback late and you really like that team and then you tried a mock draft again where you went wide receiver first and you didn't like your team as much, then you should probably go to that running back strategy on actual draft day. Uh, but build a plan. However, when you build that plan, know that plans change. And so you have to rule number five, be flexible. Uh, I can't stress that enough. On draft day, it's all about value. You need to be flexible. If the guy that you were consistently getting in mock drafts in round four gets taken one pick before you, you got to have next guy in line ready to go. Uh, Cause that 
timer ticks down quick and you don't want to be the guy that's doing the research during the draft, uh, be flexible. You guys got anything to add to any of those? Yeah, I, I agree with, uh, making a plan, uh, you know, throughout all things in my life, I'm a big planner, so not going to disagree there. It's always good to go in. Um, what's the saying? Uh, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Exactly. Um, so go in with the plan, you know, going back to mock drafts, you know, most fantasy experts will say mock draft like crazy. I will, I will say mock drafts are like vitamins. Take them doesn't hurt, but is it really doing much for you? Um, I think that mock drafts can be a mockery and, you know, it's, if, if you're just joining a random 10, 12 team mock draft, you know, you got guys that are taking Adam Benetieri in the second round. So uh, it, it, it throws off the entire draft. <laughs> you know, people aren't necessarily, people aren't taking it seriously because they don't have to, you know, they're just kind of sitting on their couch, watching Seinfeld, drinking a beer and, you know, just casually having fun again. Some, you know, there are people in there that are trying to get an idea of where players are going. And I do think it's helpful mm-hmm. to know that, you know, this player is generally going between spots seven and 15. Um, but, but again, I think, I think what I would focus on with, with what you said is, is going with a plan, know what players you want and be ready to be flexible. Again, you can get an idea of generally what time players are going, but again, with, with mock drafts, it's, it's hard to, to find consistency, you know, due to the format, whether it's, ESPN, Sleeper, Yahoo, ADPs are going to be different. People are going to draft differently. And then depending on your home leagues, you know, people have certain biases that they bring into the league, which, again, kind of throws throws everything off. So uh, build a plan and, uh, yeah, don't uh, don't go in blind. Uh, great points, everybody. And, uh, I, I mean, I, I love mock drafting. Okay. And yes all right whatever vitamins what have you but here's a little hint okay because i love i love mock drafting i love like like scott said switching the variables up uh deciding between different players and it just it really challenges yourself and it it makes it fun okay but a little tip is seriously mock draft the first eight nine rounds because at that point you you already have your your winners, that's that's your starting lineup, right? Yeah. So, uh, anyone listening, uh, if you don't want to do the full, what fifteen potentially rounds, just mm-hmm. just go to eight nine and then practice that over and over and over again. Cool. So I'm going to jump down to uh, to rule ten here, and it's don't draft with your heart. So my very first season playing fantasy football, uh, got six out of eight teams because I drafted mostly Dallas Cowboys. Don't do that. Oh uh, yeah. It leads me into uh, rule 11, which don't draft with your heart, but do draft one player from your favorite team because it is fun to be able to root for a guy that's not only crushing it for your NFL team, but also your fantasy team. For me this year, I talked about him in the last podcast. If I can get him, I'm targeting CD lamb. Because uh, I think he's going to break out. He's going to be the guy in Dallas. Uh, I'm all about him this year. Uh, and then last rule of the evening, uh, which kind of ties into the last two, is diversify your team. 
draft players from as many different NFL teams as possible. Me personally, I never want to have more than three players from the same NFL team on my fantasy team. And I take it a step further to say, I try not to have more than two in my starting lineup. I get it. If you like to stack, if you, especially if you like the quarterback wide receiver stack, but I like to diversify my teams. I like to get, uh, you know, I guess my hand in as many cookie jars as possible um, on as many high paced offenses as I possibly can. Uh, and this is kind of, I think a bit of common sense here. If, one team just has a really bad week, all of those players are going to have a bad week. So if you're sitting there with a Joe Burrow, uh, uh, Joe Mixon, and a Jamar Chase in your starting lineup, and the Bengals goose egg it in a week, you know, you're probably not going to win that week because three of your nine starters are putting up no points. So diversify your team. Yeah, I mean, I would just add, you know, going back to – I think you said it was rule 10. Just uh, don't draft with your heart if your team is the Cowboys. I think maybe that's what you meant to say. Um, but uh, but no, in all, in all seriousness, I, uh, you know, I, I definitely don't want three players from the same team in my starting lineup. But I, again, it's it's an odds game and agreed if, you know, go, go back to the Bengals example, if uh, the Bengals play goose egg, which I don't think is going to happen this year, but if they – score, say, 10 points in the game. Yeah, it's going to be a bad fantasy week for Mixon, Chase, and Burrow. But, at, you know, you could say that about any other players in those same positions, like depending on how the week lines up. So at, at the same time, those players could pop off more often than not and win you your week. So I think there's a there's a balance there. I think, I think again, two stacking is, is as far as I would want to go in most lineups. But um, – yeah, I, I I agree. Don't uh, don't just draft your your favorite team players and uh, um, you know diversify to an extent. But if you have multiple players on a power team, a Josh Allen and a Stephon Diggs, you know I think you can ride it out. Uh, with that, we are going to roll into a segment that we're going to have every single week. This is one of our favorites. We call it on the clock. Uh, and I'm actually running it this time. So I've got a question for both Steven and MJ. I'm going to ask oh, them baby. each a different question, and they're going to have 30 seconds to answer. And so we're going to start with Steven. And Steven, your question for this week, there are three top receivers clearly at the top of everybody's board, Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase, and Justin Jefferson. Who are your number four and five wide receivers off the board and why i thought this was going to be like a geometry problem the way that you were starting that out <laughs> um so receivers four and five um Devontae adams stefan diggs uh obviously i think if we're going based off of talent those are maybe the two best receivers in the league um Devontae adams Derek carr relationship from college they're going to pop off stefan diggs josh allen Going to be amazing. Best team in the NFL. Give me Diggs. Give me Adams. Let's go. Cool. I think those are uh, two valid answers. Uh, we'll go over to MJ now for his Oh, the question. pressure. So, MJ, your question, is CMC worth the injury risk as a top two pick? And if not, how high would you draft him? Easy. He's absolutely worth the pick. Let me tell you why. If he plays, 
he's going to automatically win you your league. That that's it. He, if he plays, he, he is one of the few players who can average almost 27, 28 points a game. And there's no other no other fantasy player that can do that for you. He can single-handedly win you your league. He is worth that first pick. If you get a chance to draft him, do it. So you take it one step further and say he's worth the first pick. So would you take him over Jonathan Taylor then? Yes. Absolutely would. If if let me just tell you, I have never and I, I hope I never get to, okay, Anakawood, I have never had the first pick in a draft ever. I I never want it because mm-hmm. I'm a gambling man and if if I had a chance to pick CMC, I would absolutely pick CMC. I do think his ceiling is higher than uh than Taylor's and not to mention he's got future future Hall of Famer Baker Mayfield tossing him the rock <laughs> in the backfield. Well, so what's that I, offense, right? DJ Moore, CMC, Baker Mayfield? Question mark, question mark. So uh, I think it's time for our second side bet of the year. Uh, it sounds like both Steven and MJ think that CMC could finish the season with more fancy points than Jonathan Taylor. So we'll say all things equal. If they both stay healthy for the equal amount of games, uh, regardless if that's 17 or 5, if they if they stay healthy for the same amount of games, I say Jonathan Taylor finishes with more fantasy points than CMC this year. And you guys disagree with that? You yeah, say, give me CMC uh, all day. All things equal. Yes. See, all, all right. I mean, take my money now. Side bet. No, let me two. take your money now. I got CMC. <laughs> they got CMC. All things equal. Awesome. Uh, cool. What a side so, bet. I think we are now going to uh, move into our other recurring segment that we're going to have every single week, which is MFK. Uh, Steven, do you want to lead this off? Yeah, so uh, let's let's get into it. So MFK, a little fun segment that we are doing, uh, Mary, Field, and Kill. Um, again, the disclaimer we like to <laughs> say is that we are uh, offering no kind of threat or harm to these players. This is a fun game and kill just means that we don't want this player or on our team or they're our least favorite of the choices given so uh just a fun little uh fun little game and it's a nod to a fun party game if you will if, uh, if you've ever played uh in college or uh or if you're 30 it's always fun um but uh yeah so the first uh the first round of people that i got for you scott and mj um oh baby got a group of cowboys so uh, based off of ADP, uh, MFK, Dalton Schultz, mm-hmm. Ezekiel Elliott, Dak mm-hmm. Prescott. Who do you got? We'll let uh, we'll let we'll let MJ go first. We'll let the Cowboys fan ponder for a second. Oh man, Dacky, Zeke, or Schultzy? Um, I mm, man. I will. Uh, I will kill Ezekiel. I will kill Zeke. I just. I, I mean, I have so much respect for the guy playing through that his his knee injury through like what the rest of the season last year. But I mean, he's right nearing that age where running backs tend to fall off, and I think Tony Pollard's just ready to go. I will. Um, I will keep. I mean, I will marry. I will marry. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, 
Schultzy. I just think he's just going right. to be uh, receiving a ton of receptions this year. Um, and then I, of course, be fielding Dackey. I like I, it. I think I uh, completely disagree with MJ on this one. I'm going to start oh. with my Mary because this is based on ADP. Let me marry my boy Dak. Let's ride, baby. He's going, what, rounds 10, maybe 11 sometimes. He's, he's often ninth, 10th, 11th quarterback off the board. And he's got top five potential if he stays healthy all year. Man, that's crazy value. Um, let, me, let me marry Dak. Uh, and I think I would fill trades for Zeke. Um, Zeke's ADP is also way low. Uh, he's going like late fourth, early fifth. And once again, he has potential to be a top 10. I, I get Tony Pollard there. I think they're going to use Pollard more in the passing game because they're light on wide receivers this year. I think it's going to be CeeDee Lamb. One, Tony Pollard, two, when it comes to receptions. Uh, I think there's going to be many sets where they got both Pollard and Zeke on the field. But um, MJ alluded to this earlier. Zeke played through an injury last year, uh, and he still had a really good fantasy season. Um, mm-hmm. I, I get that he's getting kind of old, and you know running backs have a short life in the NFL. Uh, but I see a resurgent from Zeke, Zeke this year. Uh, I was you know earlier in the offseason like – hesitant and not of that same opinion but i've come around and if zeke falls to me at the right value i'm i'm jumping on him it's not that i don't like dalton schultz uh i don't like what you have to pay to get him and that's what steven's mfk was all about was the adp so he's going what tight end six or seven off the board in rounds and in, in rounds like seven or eight ish for me there's a top five at tight end you got andrews kelsey kittle Waller and Pitts, not necessarily in that order. Uh, and then I think there is a huge drop off. Um, I think the next tier is uh, Schultz. Uh, you got Goddard and Hawkinson. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a, a big gap between those top five. And if you don't get one of those top five, uh, I think you should wait. Um, I don't know if I'm necessarily going to waste the value on getting Schultz in around seven or eight when I could possibly grab my quarterback at that time. Um, or get some more value at running back or wide receiver. Uh, and for that reason, I would I would kill Dalton Schultz. You know, in what's as seldom as Haley's comment, I was definitely agreeing with Scott's points at the beginning, but you uh you definitely you definitely totally lost me with the with the Schultz uh the Schultz grouping. I, I agree that I think the value at Dak is there. He could easily be a top five uh quarterback if uh if things oh, go yeah. well for the cowboys um i i also agree that zeke could i don't think he's gonna come back to form in his you know rookie or second year but um i think he could easily be a top 10 back uh probably closer to that 10 to 15 spot though um but for me schultz and, and, and this is where I think I agree with with MJ, um, who you married, correct? Correct. You put a ring on Schultz, MJ. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. I did. And <laughs> um, and yeah, for, for, for me, there's definitely a, not a huge drop off. And, and I feel like it's uh, disrespectful that you looped him in with Dallas Goddard of all people. Schultz is the the number two guy in Dallas and there's there's not a competition. You know, I get it that Gallup could come back at some point, but um, 
Dak's got a Dak's got a lot of balls to throw, and Amari Cooper's gone, and Schultz is going to be that guy. He he obviously popped off. I think he did. He finish second overall in in tight end scoring, um, third. Um, mm. so, so again, finished top three uh, again with you know not much experience coming in um, at least as as a, as a prime player. So, uh, so I, I feel like Schultz easily has top three tight end potential to to repeat again. Um, the position is so shallow. So I get that six and seven seems like a lot to pay for a guy, but uh, um, give me Dalton Schultz. I I, I want him in on, on many as many teams as possible at that range. And everything you're saying about Schultz, you know, like I hope you're right. Uh, biasly, I just got him in uh, the last draft I did because I got him for about five dollars under value. Uh, it was an auction draft, mm. um, and he's my one cowboy in that league. But I think. I'm proud of you. The, the disparity <laughs> between Schultz and the next guys up, I think it's going to be a very small number at the end of the season, overall fantasy points. Um, and I, like I mentioned when I was making my uh, my analysis, I think Pollard's going to be or Pollard's going to be the number two uh, receiver in Dallas this year until Gallup comes back, which you said could come back. He will come back. Uh, it's six to eight weeks, you know, so halfway through the season, he should definitely be back. Um, I think until that point, we're going to see a lot of Tony Pollard catching the football. We'll leave that Scott take for another day. But uh, why don't we turn on to your uh, your options for MFK? All right. So uh, my options, I went with three quarterbacks. Um, and they've all got okay. kind of similar ADP depending on where you're drafting. Uh, and they are all elderly gentlemen who, uh, who have all won rings. So my three... MFK candidates are Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Matthew Stafford. MJ, you want to take this one first? No, you got a Steven. <laughs> all right, I'll go. Um, all right, give me uh, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, as much as I, uh, I wouldn't want to marry him in real life, I think I would, uh, for these purposes, I'm going to put a ring on him, uh, Mary Rodgers. Uh, filled Tom Brady and kill Matt Stafford. Um, that is, you know, it's it's a gut gut feeling. I think a lot of that is due to the recent injury that Stafford's nursing. Uh, obviously, this is not supposed to, you know, affect him largely for the season. But just if if all things equal, he's the least talented of the three, and the other two have proven again and again, whether it's from a fantasy standpoint or a real life standpoint ignoring Matt Stafford's Super Bowl last year uh they're the better quarterback so I, I definitely would go with Rodgers and uh and Brady and I get that Rodgers does not have the uh the receiver on, on and, and I left that uh singular on purpose um that he did last year but he's still some say he's the greatest thrower of the ball of all time um and I if, if that's not true it's not far from the truth and uh, I think he's going to uh, again. The, the, even if the Packers don't don't uh, don't have the record that they did in the past couple of years, I still think that they're going to do great um, from the offensive side of the ball. And I think Rodgers is going to lead the charge. Yeah. Uh, shoot. Well, that that was all great. I, I I'm going to lead with I'm going to agree with Stafford. I'm going to kill Stafford on my end. I'm going to marry Tom Brady and then I'm going to field Aaron Rodgers. 
Is it the jawline? It is the jawline. And the fact that he was on Mass Singer. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it's listen, every every time every year, I doubt Tom Brady. He well, one, he's a vampire. We need to get that offer <laughs> first up there. He's he just got he's been to the fountain of youth, right? But this guy's still surrounded by so much talent in his wide receiver room. I mean, some he, he replaced Gronk with some other veteran tight ends, okay? But I, I think he's got the majority of his other weapons. Yes, the line's starting to get banged up. That's a little scary. That I mean, not that's not a little. That's very scary. But, yeah. I mean, he's he won a Super Bowl two years ago. I mean, he's still got the sauce. I mean, he... and. Nothing against Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's just even without Devontae, the man was balling out. Right. I mean, right. he's he's. Uh, I just think Brady actually has a higher upside this year with nearly the same amount of weapons. Godwin's coming back. Uh, I mean, they brought Ga- uh, Gage in, who actually Tom Brady seeked out personally. Um, man, 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 great one, good one, Scott. Yeah. So. I'm just going to throw out there real quick that uh, I actually had this option in our dynasty league and I chose Matthew Stafford out of the three and I get that it's dynasty. So it's a little bit different. Matthew Stafford's slightly younger than the other two. Um, but you guys are forgetting Matthew Stafford was a top five fantasy quarterback last year. He's got Cooper cup. who was the number one wide receiver overall. He's bringing back the same exact Sean McVay offense. They're going for the repeat. Like, Brought in Allen Robinson. Matthew Stafford Ooh. would not be my kill in that in that three. He would not be my kill. And I've got nothing against uh, Tom Brady, greatest of all time. No disrespect. Uh, dude's forty five. I'm sitting here at thirty three. Man, I hurt after a workout. Dude's playing professional football. Like he's gonna hit a wall at some point, whether that's this year or next year or in twenty sixty five. Like he's gonna hit a wall, and it's gonna be quick that he's going to go from peak performance to not startable um kind of like peyton manning did you know what was it 2016 um mm-hmm. i i think honestly for me it would be uh mary stafford phil rogers and kill brady this year people have been I, talking about the cliff for a decade and it hasn't come yet so give me uh give me brady cool all right, so I got a slightly spicier one. It's going to be wide receivers talking and speaking of Aaron Rodgers. Um, as we know, the wide receiver room has, you know, since losing Devontae Adams, has has Alan Lazard um, coming in as the wide receiver one for that team. Um, so I want to ignore Alan Lazard because he has his role already set up, and I want to give you a Merrifield kill. Uh, Randall Cobb, Sammy Watkins, and of course the hype man coming out of camp, Romeo Dubs. You said spicy. Oh wait, it's easy. Cooking. Well, well, no, definitely, definitely not easy by any means. But this feels like mm. grilled chicken with no uh, seasoning. Um, I just feel like there's not, there's a no-win situation here. Scott, you want to take this one first? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take a stab at it first. Um, so I think 
I hate this because I actually have him on my dynasty bench, but I think I'm going to kill Watkins off just because uh, Cobb and Rogers already have that rapport, which we'll get to in a later episode. It's one of my fantasy 101 rules. Um, I would kill Watkins because they haven't had that time to build a relationship yet, except for this off season. Watkins hasn't really been fantasy relevant for a long time, although I'm, I'm hoping for a comeback year. Um, between Romeo and Randall, man, it's it's tough because I don't think Romeo is going to be starting right away. I think he's already Rogers already had a tiff with his rookies. Um, I think I would try and fill some trades for Romeo with the hype right now, try and get some more value elsewhere. And I think I would marry Cobb um, as his slot receiver going into uh, into the season. I think Al is probably going to be the deep guy, and there's going to be a lot of dump-off passes to Cobb. And uh, especially if you're in a PPR league, I think Cobb would be the guy I would marry. Okay. Steve-O? This is, uh, this is very tough for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't like them rookies, do you? I don't. I don't like them rookies, but... Uh, you know, I know last week Rodgers had his whole ordeal calling out the young receivers, but uh, I think he actually likes dubs. And recently he's uh, he said that, you know, he's done a lot of, I think, nice things. Is, uh, so support <laughs> what Aaron Rodgers said. Um, so, again, being the uh, rookie contrarian that I am, um, not going to kill – not going to kill him. Um, I think I'll field, field, field dubs. Um, but opposite of Scott, I'm going to marry Watkins and kill Cobb. Um, okay. Agreed, Cobb and Rogers have the relationship. They have the chemistry. But they, they had that last year. And what did Cobb do? I, I Nothing, I, I think, is the, the answer. Um, you know, Adams, Scantling... Lazard, they, I mean, they, they, they took the ball. Cobb had, I think, plenty of opportunities. You know, Roger specifically brought him in uh, to be on the team. And um, I think he was, he's there just as much of, uh, as a locker room guy as he is for a play, as a player. Um, so, so again, I don't think that he has much left in the tank. And um, I think he's, he, I think he's there to uh, help the team from a morale standpoint more than from the team standpoint. So that leaves us with Sammy Watkins who recently said that Rodgers is on a whole other level than Patrick Mahomes. So mm. sound the alarm. Um, talk about brown nosing. Uh, if, uh, if you want to get away to Aaron Rodgers' heart, that's the way. And uh, um, again, obviously Watkins has had his fair share of injuries. Uh, he's bounced around the league a bit, but I think we all know that the talent is still there. He can still be a deep threat. Um, and, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Again, I, I don't, don't love, so don't love these options. But I think it's more so the fact that Cobb's had a chance to prove it, and he didn't last year. Dubs is a rookie. I don't trust rookies. Give me Watkins, who is the. I don't even know which, how you would describe them. He's uh, he's flashed at times, but he's been, uh, I think, kind of hidden behind the scenes more often than not. But. Uh, mm-hmm. Give me the give me the dart throw um, and uh, give me Watkins. 
So uh, with you not liking rookies, not liking draft picks, with me having Watkins on my bench, Watkins for 2025 third? Uh, I'd probably do that trade, yeah. Okay, I'll send it right now. Mm. I don't think he has any room on his bench. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't actually have any room on my bench. So, oh, okay. Uh, some of us actually filled full teams. <laughs> so, listen, he's just got to win twice, and he's 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 made it worth the draft picks, right? That's <laughs> true. If he wins twice in a twelve-team league, in his first time ever playing dynasty. Okay, I, I, real quick question before we end this: uh, Where currently, where do each one of us feel like we'll place at the end of this year? Ooh, now that's a spicy question, MJ. So I, I'll start out with saying I think I've talked to Stephen about this a little bit. I think I definitely drafted a playoff team, uh, and that's really all you can hope for in your draft is mm-hmm. having a team that's good enough at the end of the draft to make the playoffs. One of my rules, which we'll get to later, is you have to be an active manager. Um, so there's there's going to be things to do, even in Dynasty, to get you there to the dance. Once you're in the dance, it's a whole other ballgame because getting the playoffs is one thing, winning the championship is another. Um, I think I'm definitely going to finish top six. I don't think top four is out of the question. Steven? Well, I don't feel like Scott said a whole lot there. <laughs> Um, that's top third, four out of twelve. That's yeah, true. but first like year, you gotta, I feel like you got to narrow your uh, narrow narrow the decision down a little bit. I think I'll get unlucky in the semifinals and miss the playoffs by ten fantasy points to whoever gets lucky and beats me out. I think I'll get third place. Miss the championship, you mean? Yes, by ten fantasy points. Gotcha. That's a that's a, that's a better take. Um, I like. <laughs> Um, I, I am big on realistic expectations and probably more of a half glass empty kind of guy. So I do think I have one of the better teams in the league and I think I could go on a tear this year, but again, any given week, Alvin Kamara could score six touchdowns and uh, win you a championship. Uh, and I so, wonder what that's like. <laughs> oh, yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> so just based on the odds, um, I'm not going to say one, but uh, I, I, I would guess, I would guess top three right now. <laughs> we got three people in the 12 team league right here, and two of them just said we're making top three. MJ, where you at? Listen, I, <laughs> I, I seriously feel like I might potentially be there <laughs> because I, I feel like I actually have gotten my team to a point where I do have a playoff team that will, that will very like, hopefully build on momentum and I think just trench all the way to first place. I feel like I have that team, or maybe have need like one more piece. I just have to get. I don't know if I want to give up the draft picks for like, I think one more perennial player to take me over the top, but um, that, or I definitely top four, definitely top four. I, like I see, I I'm obsessed with my team now. So 
Worst case scenario, both Steven and I don't make the playoffs, end up in the last place game, and I have the first two picks in the 2023 draft, thanks to Steven. I just, Steven's team is, every time I look at it, I just shudder. I don't want to play him. Good thing I only yeah, play him once. Same. The only thing, like, it, it's it's his starting lineup is crazy, but he also has the best bench in the, in the league. So, like, even if yeah. he has injury issues... And that's one main reason. So for our viewers out there, we were talking about Jerry Judy being uh, MJ's breakout last week uh, and how I talked about this week, not wanting to have three players from the same team uh, on your fantasy team. And Dynasty is a little bit different because your bench is deeper. But MJ had three Broncos in his starting lineup. He had Javante Williams, Corlin Sutton, and Jerry Judy. And that's so right. Everybody in the league knew dude was trying to sell Judy. I've been trying to trade with him for a month. It finally went through. <laughs> Uh, for those that are curious out there, this was the trade. Uh, MJ received Chris Godwin, uh, Khalil Shakir, and Snoop Connor, plus a 2023 second-round pick from me. I got Jerry Judy, Darnell Mooney, and Jalen Warren, who is the backup running back in Pittsburgh. Uh, side notes here, I have Najee Harris. I wanted his handcuff. Uh, my bench is not great besides having James Cook and Sky Moore. And so getting Darnell Mooney in this trade also really helped me Correct. Uh, get an extra bench player that I can throw into multiple spots any given week, uh, even though MJ got the better player and the future pick out of this trade. Well, give me Mooney all day. Listen, I, I cannot wait to finally have my rookie segment, Upcoming Rookies. <laughs> upcoming draft players because you guys have no idea what I, I that's this deep dive i've been doing and it's called rsp really really quickly rookie scouting portfolios but that's how i scored isaiah likely and uh that's how i scored a couple other um potential prospects khalil shakir shakir thank thankfully who i think is going to be the next um Oh my goodness, Stefan Diggs, uh, coincidentally. But I digress. Um, do we have anything else we guys want to talk about? Isaiah likely not going to be fantasy relevant. Well, not this year. Okay. Unless Mark Andrews goes down. He's he's going in on two wide, uh, two tight end sets. He's going to be a yeah. passing option. I got Lamar Jackson in one league, so let's ride. Give me the fantasy points. <laughs> let's ride, baby. I mean, I think we got to start taking a tally of how many times we say let's ride outside. Of the- <laughs> hey, yeah, we got to give a big hey. shout out to Russell Wilson for coining that phrase because it's going to be used from now on. Like, I need to add that. Let's see. Let's, yeah, let's, let's, ride, let's tally. ride tally. Let's guesstimate that we're at 10 right now. We'll start from 10 moving forward. 10 is egregiously low. Uh, That's why I start with 10. Let's say we're at 10. 10. We can go back and count if we really want to. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll put in there. Uh, well, thanks for joining us today, everybody. And uh, if you enjoyed our first episode uh, or this episode, please uh, smash us a follow and hopefully give us uh, five stars. But thank you for tuning in this week. And until next time, I'm MJ. I'm Scott. This is Steven. We're a What's Your Fantasy Fantasy Football Podcast. See you guys later. Sweet, sweet fantasy, baby.